Welcome to Career Pod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is a member of the Career Pod team, Mr. Jim Scott. Today, Jim talks with Dan Patrick. He's a finance executive. They discuss how Dan settled in on that career path, including his having to transfer from one school to another to find the right major and the right environment for him at that age as he was settling in on a career path. They talk about the difference between accounting and finance and how those two terms are often misunderstood and how those aspects of a career in the finance profession varies between accounting and finance. They talk about the skills and credentials needed to be successful in each of those disciplines. Dan also talks about the influences and mentors that played a role in his career. And he talks about leadership and the qualities and characteristics of an effective leader and the impact that that person can have on the individuals that work for them and the organization that they're responsible for. Finally, they talk about the role luck has played in Dan's career. They talk about the things that he's found frustrating over the course of his career and the many things he's found very satisfying as well. It's a really well-rounded and insightful look and discussion into the role of a finance professional and executive. So today we're joined by Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick is a finance executive. Um, Yes, finance executive, not the uh, superstar from ESPN, but a man of the same name. Um, Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, um, your early life and how you got into the finance uh, career field and um, some things that may have influenced your choices around your career early on. Sure, sure. Thanks, Jim. So, uh, Leon, I'd say my first um, introduction, if you will, to finance was really through uh, my father, through participating in meetings with his uh, personal financial planner. Um, I had shown an interest or, you know, uh, you know, interest or, or kind of gravitated toward reading things in the news around uh, the economy and business. And uh, again, I think it's really just uh, spurred by my dad. He'd bring home the uh, Wall Street Journal every day uh, and read it at night and I'd pick it up after him and just, just you know, peruse it. So, uh, and then um, as I entered uh, college, I thought uh, and. Then Initially, I would be a biology major, uh, maybe even pre-med, uh, like a lot of people, I think. Uh, and then I entered a phase, probably my first year of college, where whereas my friends and I used to joke, I was you know, a member of the major of the month club. So I was really struggling for uh, what I was interested in, what I could major in. Uh, that would be both um, interesting to me personally, but also be uh, applicable to finding a, a job um, upon graduation. And I think that was really formed by the fact that I'm the youngest of, uh, of five in my family and my oldest three siblings are 10 to 15 years older than me. And they were already out in the workforce and had their college degrees. A couple of them already had masters. Uh, and so I was really focused on what could be both interesting personally and then, as I said, um, could apply in the, in the work world. Uh, for for employment. Uh, And uh, as it turned out, I started pursuing a coursework in economics um, at Binghamton University and decided that for various and sundry reasons, Binghamton wasn't the place for me. And then I transferred to Manhattan College. And that was really a pivotal moment for me, both uh, personally, uh, well, primarily personally, but then as it turned out, again, from my my work life. Um, And I uh, decided to major in finance at Manhattan College, 
Um, for those of you not familiar with it, it's it's actually uh, located in the Bronx in New York City, northern New York uh, City. And with its connections to Wall Street, uh, was it seemed like a natural kind of fit. And so then drawing back to what I started off with speaking about with participating in those conversations with my dad's financial planner, and he, um, that really kind of dovetailed things. I, I saw where uh, the finance curriculum at Manhattan could apply to my personal life, and it absolutely has, uh, and where it could also apply to my professional life. And right after college, went to um, uh, work at J.P. Morgan, where I was uh, uh, stayed for a few years in the mergers and acquisitions area primarily, and then went on to business school. So, Dan, you, you mentioned something very interesting. You referred to it as the major of the month club. And um, so apparently you had uh, a lot of exploration to do. Um, and then you changed colleges. Uh, talk to the young people that might be listening in about uh, the fact that actually that's quite OK to do some exploring like that early on. Uh, I would say in my personal experience, it's not only OK, I would strongly encourage you to do it, even if you think you know what it is that you want to do. Um, God bless people that are in high school and decide that they want to be an attorney or doctor and go through with that, and they're happy with doing that for their uh, livelihood. Um, I just personally um, could not see how I could possibly, at late teens, early, even mid-20s, know what it is that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. It's such a wide playing field. Um, and what I really grappled with, again, I've brought up this theme a few times, was uh, what am I interested in personally, um, but also what could uh, allow me to make a good, a decent living? Um, and so uh, I would not only, I would strongly encourage anybody in their high school years, college years, even you know, a number of years after, explore. You don't need to lock and load on what you want to do for the rest of your life uh, at such an early age. And um, I can tell you that transferring uh, colleges was absolutely life-changing. That is not an overstatement. And the way that I, reason I decided to uh, transfer came up just almost like a, a kind of just casual conversation with one of my older brothers. Uh, I was visiting him uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas or something, uh, he and my sister-in-law, and he asked me how school was going. I said, I'm really miserable. I, I, I'm not happy there. And he said, well, why don't you transfer? And it, that was like an epiphany to me. I always thought you had to just, you know, kind of suck it up and see it through. Um, so what I would say to, to the younger people listening is, whether it's in college or a job, don't sit there and be miserable if you can change your situation. Thank, thank you for that, Dan. Appreciate it. Um, I'm going to ask you to draw a distinction, and perhaps again for the younger people that might be listening in, the difference between accounting and finance. I hear it over and over and over again, people tying those two together, and really they're, I think they're very different. Can you just draw the distinctions? Sure, they're they're extreme. They're very very different. Again, they they overlap for sure. Uh, I would say more accounting into finance because to do finance you need to understand basic accounting. Uh, yes, the other way around, but not not as strong a directional input, if you will, from as there is from accounting into finance. So accounting 
typically looks at uh, or concentrates on things like um, keeping the books, uh, the balance sheet, the income statement, the statement of cash flows, uh, the monthly or quarterly close, um, filing um, documents with the SEC, the 10Q, the 10K, the annual report, and the like. So I, you know, think of accounting as keeping the books. Uh, also encompasses internal audit, typically at most firms. Finance, on the other hand, could be more broad ranging. Uh, and by that, I mean, um, for example, treasury functions uh, like foreign exchange, capital structure, uh, things of that ilk in treasury, um, managing the pension fund uh, or the, the benefits for the firm. Uh, um, it also can very much involve support of various functional areas within a firm, uh, particularly a larger firm. So think uh, marketing and commercial research and development, um, and then support of uh, functions like uh, uh, IT, human resources, and the like. Um, so I think of finance as more of the day-to-day -day running of the business, the, the support of uh, functional areas of a company, um, and then the accounting is more the nuts and bolts, the closing the books, the ticking and tying of numbers and financial statements. So in your profession, finance, uh, particular skills, credentials that may be required in order to be successful? Uh, I would say certainly at a minimum, uh, an undergraduate degree in um, finance or accounting. Uh, it is not essential that you get your CPA or MBA or uh, certified financial analyst certification. Does more education help? Do more credentials help? Absolutely. Uh, but they are not, if you don't have them, those higher level certifications, the graduate level degrees or professional certifications, they are not showstoppers. Far more important is going to be your track record of achievement. Uh, particularly as you start off. And you need not start at a well-known firm. Uh, I get that question a lot. Should I go smaller firm, bigger firm right out of college? We can address that if you like. Uh, but your track record of achievement, your accomplishments, very importantly, your interpersonal skills. Um, and if, you know, especially as you start off, being able to show that you've moved up one or two notches within the first one or two firms that you've uh, decided to to work for to show again uh, your your ability for more uh, senior level roles should you choose to go that route. Okay. Along the way through your career, Dan, um, who would you say are some of the people that have had the biggest biggest influence on you? And maybe a mentor or you know someone like that along the way. Yeah, yeah. So there are people um, that. I would say certainly my older siblings, no doubt about it. Those had the biggest influence on me um, as far as showing me a potential path forward. Uh, I've had, I have brothers and older sisters that are very accomplished um, and that showed me what was possible. Um, you know, they're chief financial officers, you know, uh, own advertising agency, uh, senior level person in marketing at a telecom company. Um, and so that, that's number one, no doubt. Uh, secondly, I, I've been very fortunate that I've had great role models and great man, direct managers. Um, and uh, 
I didn't start until much later seeking out what I called more formal mentors. Uh, they, but what I observed, what I tried to do was have my eyes open to um, people that I thought were good leaders and try to and watch them closely. What do they do in meetings? How do they behave? How do they hold themselves? Um, and then, you know, there are certain things you may decide you want to emulate and others not. Uh, but, you know, I, looking back, certainly starting with my siblings, then I would say one or two professors uh, in, in, at Manhattan College, uh, and then two or three managers uh, or uh, senior leaders at companies of which I've worked that uh, with, you know, with whom I still keep in touch that I still look back on and, and, and try to emulate the, the good leadership qualities that, that they possess. Can you take a minute and describe what might be a typical day, week, month, you know, whatever the term might be, uh, the kinds of things that you get involved in and in, in, in doing in your job? Sure. So, um, hmm. typical day. Let's let's go to the the smallest denominator first. Typical day would be, uh, you know, a 10, 11, 12 hour day. Uh, um, and, um, you know, start at eight in the morning. It depends. I work for a firm now, the Japanese owned firm. So I could start with conference calls or meetings very early in the morning and very late at night, just due to time difference. So the days tend to be longer. Uh, but, uh, most of my days, I'd say probably half to two thirds of my day spent in meetings with various, uh, leaders or functions. Uh, it could be to address emerging issues or urgent issues. It could be also to progress um, projects that are uh, currently underway. Uh, and they could be update meetings. They could be team meetings, again, to progress certain projects or initiatives. Um, I probably spend maybe an hour, hour and a half doing email. Uh, and I try to keep up with it throughout the day. And that's one thing that I would encourage and I've tried to, again, emulate from other people, good leaders that I've, I've had the fortune to work with, block out certain times of day just for you, where you're doing you know, your work, you're doing your email, you have time to think. Uh, and I try to block out at least two hours a day for that. Uh, otherwise, it's spent mostly in meetings. Um, again, so you know, walking in today, probably I probably have six hours of meetings on my calendar. Uh, we'll probably put in a 10 or 11 hour day. So, you know, you need to also leave some flex time for things that are going to even overrun or um, uh, unforeseen things that pop up during the day. Um, yeah. So I've, I've heard you use the word leadership several times. Um, tell me what, what the characteristics of good leadership is in your function. Um, and then maybe talk a little bit about uh, leaders that you've met along the way. Uh, who you emulate. So good leaders in my function, uh, number one, above all, above all, high integrity. Uh, they are trusted. Uh, they are honest. Um, and, and their integrity is beyond reproach. That's number one. Uh, number two, they're authentic. And by that, I mean, you get a sense of who they are as a person. They're, you they are not, again, at least to the best of my knowledge and seeing them outside of work, you know, a number of times, uh, 
they're not significantly different outside of work than they are in the workplace, right? There's certain behaviors certainly you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, where you wouldn't go in the workplace that perhaps you would behind you know at home or with friends, right? Uh, but by and large, they they they're authentic. They what you see is what you get. Um, they're not trying to put on a a show or um, putting on airs or, 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 you know, trying to cultivate, you know, a specific image. Uh, and then I'd say, uh, thirdly, they anticipate events, meaning they, they understand what, uh, what things are important coming up, how to prioritize, um, and then also importantly, what to say no to. So concentrating on the critical few things. And then uh, importantly, getting people to follow them, that they again, are trusted, they're authentic, they have energy about them to pull people along to help them do the work that needs to get done. Um, as far as the best leaders uh, that I think of, I have a couple of people in mind uh, as, I, as I think about how to answer this question. They demonstrated the things, I was thinking about them actually when I was rattling off the three or four things uh, that I just, just mentioned. Um, and I'd say, you know, again, you know, they're, they're good people. You want to be around them. They're motivating. You trust them. Um, they also are able to make really tough decisions. And sometimes those tough decisions will not be uh, cut your way or, or to your benefit. And um, it's also going you know, at times when they assert their authority to make those tough decisions that are not popular, that garners even more respect, at least from me. Okay. Thank you, Dan. I happen to know that you do some work outside of your company uh, at the United States Military Academy at West Point. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about that experience that you, uh, you have there. Sure. Uh, for the last uh, 10, 11 years, I've been guest lecturing in a variety of um, on a variety of subjects up at West Point, particularly in the areas of uh, economics and finance, uh, and mostly toward mostly to uh, the higher level classes, the 300, 400 level classes. Uh, and uh, I had decided about, you know, as I said, over a little over 10 years ago, just to send an email into, I even forget who it was, somebody in, in a, 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 a officer in a administrative position in, in uh, the economics department, and I was fortunate enough to get an email back the next day, and uh, uh, was able to generate opportunities to uh, assist the um, the academy, particularly in the areas of, of their economics and finance curriculum. And uh, it is absolutely uh, one of the most rewarding things that I've been doing in the last ten years. And so I would encourage the younger listeners: don't. Uh, um, don't discard or push to the side your avocations or interests, even if your day-to-day work is not exactly in that sweet spot. You know, keep those things, keep those interests, those hobbies, those avocations alive. Um, if they're important enough to you, you'll find the time. Dan, what gives you the greatest satisfaction about your career? One is I was able to, I've been able to do a lot of different things. Uh, over the course of my career. So Jim, you, you mentioned finance professional, but you know, as you know, from my background, I have uh, deep operations experience. Uh, I was a management consultant for four years. 
Um, I've worked primarily in pharmaceuticals, but also in financial services. Uh, but I've worked in many different functions within those firms um, in the pharma company. So it could be finance, operations, strategy, uh, project management. Uh, so I've been able to do a, a whole host of different things and leverage my, my formal finance training into other areas where my interest took me and where opportunities arose. Uh, secondly, you know, being able to provide for my family and, and put money aside for retirement. So there's that, that financial piece, that financial independence piece that was very important to me. And, you know, uh, I'd ask in particular those, you know, younger listeners to earlier than later, determine how, how important money is to you, uh, because that will have a direct influence over the type of career paths or positions or how much you're willing to sacrifice for money. Um, so I would, I would ask you to think long and hard about that. And that will probably evolve as you get older and go through different stages of life, whether you have a family or not, or children or not. Uh, and then, uh, thirdly, I'd say what was very rewarding is, uh, I was able to do a lot more things and, uh, accomplish a lot more things by way of projects or, uh, senior level roles that I might have might have initially thought when I was first getting out of out of college. Okay, must have been a few frustrations along the way. Might you be able to share some of those with us? Sure, a uh, number of frustrations. Um, and I've always said, you know, I, it's always curious to me when I when I hear people asked in, in interviews, uh, whether TV, radio, whatever, uh, if they have any regrets, and they say no. I always find that kind of curious um, because we could certainly look back on things we regret doing or frustrations and say, but you know, in the long run, I was able to work through it and things turned out all right. That's one thing, but to look back, I don't, to say you have no regrets, I think you're not either, you're not being honest with yourself or, or you're not looking hard enough. Uh, and what are, so what are a few of the regrets or frustrations? I, I one is you, you may find yourself, um, in job, like Jim, going back to the beginning of our conversation, you may find yourself at a college or a job that is not the right fit for you. Um, if again, if your circumstances will allow, uh, don't just sit there and be miserable. Don't just say, you know what, I just got to suck it up and get through this. You don't want to bounce around a lot. At a certain point, you have to stay stay somewhere for extended periods of time. But if you've made a wrong choice with regard to the school uh, or a job, you really won't know what a school is like or what a job is like until you're in there doing it. You're there, say, at least six months. And if it's the, the wrong place for you, for whatever reason, it's the wrong content of the job, it's not your type of people, it's not your type of culture or values at the company, it's not a failure on your part, move on. Uh, and I've had... Uh, as we talked about being at Binghamton or other jobs that I've been in where, you know what, they, they just weren't the right fit. And so move on, you know, not everything is for you. Um, also, I think, you know, in, in the larger companies, um, I think you make a, some sacrifices for relatively more security, say, than a smaller company. And that is uh, you may not be able to progress as quickly as you like. You may 
not be able to move laterally to other functions that you may find interesting as quickly as you like. Um, and those are trade-offs. Uh, and that can be very, very frustrating because you feel like you're boxed in. And then I think, you know, there's, you know, I still now in my mid fifties still grapple with what it is I want to, you know, what, what is I want to do in life? Frankly, it sounds very lofty, but your goals, your interest, uh, family situation, financial situation will also inform what you may want to do next and what you can do next. Uh, and, but that and that could be that requires a lot of introspection. And, and frankly, at this point in my life as well, I find that sometimes frustrating because I've still not found exactly what it is um, that I want to do uh, at this stage. Um, so uh, be patient with yourself. It takes it takes a while for the learnings for things to evolve. Um, and so it's OK to be frustrated. Uh, because that means you're not being complacent and just sitting back. Any technology that has uh, evolved over the span of your career that's really made um, an impact on your work? Yeah, so now, so now I really, <laughs> really date myself. Uh, things like when I first started you know, out of college, uh, even out of business school, really, uh, email was in its infancy when I got out of business school, uh, early 90s mid nineties, uh, the internet didn't exist. Cell phones didn't exist. Um, so, uh, and, and frankly, you know, I'm not really a tech person. So keeping up, uh, with the latest things like Twitter and I don't have a Twitter account. I don't have a Facebook account. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I find that to be a fabulous networking tool and a way to keep in touch with people personally as well. Uh, but, um, it's interesting too, uh, as my career has evolved, making choices about what types of technology, what types of new uh, tools to learn to make sure that your skills stay relevant uh, and enable you to do a good job, while also not having to learn everything. Um, and you know, more broadly, around having to make choices about what information uh, to consume each day. Uh, there's this just you know, the, the news cycle is now 24 seven. Um, what is enough to stay up to date with regard to what's going on in your particular industry or field? Um, does not require um, you nearly uh, for you to read, you know, everything that comes across um, the newswire. I find the um, kind of daily industry newsletters that are available very helpful just to, to keep my finger on the pulse, but I don't feel like I can need to be an expert um, on the latest goings on in my field. At the end of the day, I have to concentrate on doing my, my daytime job. But, um, you know, the big sea change with, with the Internet, with email, with cell phones, I mean, that's just had uh, a remarkable change in how work gets done and how, how I communicate with colleagues over the course of my career. Well, I'm going to ask you one final question. Um, what role has luck played in the development of your career? Oh, I, I think anybody I, that, oh, uh, has it played a significant role? You bet. Absolutely. Uh, right time, right place, um, having the right people advocate for you. It, 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 there's, I, I think anybody, 
similar to my comment about people that say they don't have any regrets, anybody that says uh, that luck played no role, that they designed everything the way that they had planned, uh, that they don't owe anything to luck. For me, they're kidding themselves. Uh, Luck has played a, certainly a, a role in just the people that I've come across at work or the people that have that have been introduced to me through mutual friends or networking contacts um, that maybe not have uh, generated, I don't know, job leads or opportunities in the immediate term, but you know, sometimes 10, 15 years out, you cross paths again. Uh, it's, it's the darndest thing. So, um, you know, all I could say is, you know, with regard to luck, you know, what, what is, I guess, the old uh, saying, opportunities where, where luck and, and uh, preparation uh, meet, something like that. It sounds good to me anyway, if that's not the exact phrase. Uh, but, you know, being prepared um, to take to grasp opportunities as they present themselves, and, and you never know when they may pop up. Um, and sometimes things that you've not de- deliberately um chosen to pursue, you know, on your own to generate that opportunity. It could be a phone call or just, you know, something of that nature. Dan, as we bring this session to a close, is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything that you might have thought about in anticipation of our our session today that you'd like to share with the people listening in? Try to be deliberate in, in, number one, doing things that really interest you, not because somebody expects you to do them. Uh, because the days are too long, the work's too hard um, to do what other people expect you to do, you know, for a career. Do what, do what interests you. But again, you're making deliberate choices around perhaps that, that tension or balance between what interests you and doing what can afford you the, the type of lifestyle that you want. Um, and also be honest with yourself at different junctures at all, at all times, right? But it's especially, especially as opportunities arrive or arise or as you want to make, you come to a fork in the road, you want to move on from your current firm or perhaps a career change or, or the like. Um, to be honest with yourself about, you know, what things might you regret if you don't do them? Um, and so that, that would be, uh, that would be, you know, what I'd offer as far as closing, Jim. Thanks, Dan. That, that advice is very helpful. Dan Patrick, thanks for joining us today on CareerPod. Uh, look forward to uh, sharing this information with our listening audience. And uh, again, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you.